You're listening to the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine-to-five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hello, and welcome back to the What The Fab podcast, episode 67. Today's episode is going to be a solo episode about a topic that I've been thinking about lately and has to do with worry and anxiety and dealing with those negative thoughts or emotions. And just some things that I've learned recently and some tactics that I have been trying that have been pretty simple, but like really helpful for me. And I think they might be helpful for you too, because I think that worry is something that most of us, if not all of us deal with. So I'm excited to share these little like nuggets and things that I have learned and been trying out recently. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to thank you for listening to the What the Fab podcast and encourage you to rate and review the podcast through whatever platform you're listening on, if it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also don't forget to hit subscribe. And that way these episodes will be ready for you on your phone each and every week. I personally don't deal with anxiety to the extent that I think I would ever be diagnosed with anxiety, but I think that all of us can relate to having some kind of anxiety, feeling anxious about something, whether it's like feeling overwhelmed or like obsessively worrying about something. And Omid and I have had this conversation a lot. I tend to worry about things and I tend, my brain likes to kind of like munch on and chew on problems and think like, well, if this happens, I'm going to do this. Or if this happens, here's how I'll fix it. And what I've realized is that that is my brain's way, our brain's way of keeping us safe and thinking like, okay, now I've worried so much that I have thought through every possible scenario related to this particular situation. And I know what I'm going to do because I have just obsessively worried about it. But 99% of the time, the thing that you're worried about never actually happens. So all of that time that you spend worrying and obsessing about something is a total waste of time. It's just not productive. And it's not a headspace that I want to be in the majority of the time. And so it's something that I'm working on. And I recently started using this app called Bloom. I will drop a link in the show notes for you if you'd like to check it out. But it is kind of like a guided, a self-guided therapy app. And they do cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT for short. I'm obviously not an expert. I am just sharing my experience with the app and therapy in general, which I'll talk about in just a second. But CBT, from my understanding, is an approach where you're using different like mental tools and tactics to help stop negative thoughts like worry, anxiety, negative self-talk, obsessive thoughts, things like that. And so I really like CBT because I've found it to just be very practical. And I also like that the app goes into a little bit of like what is going on in your brain that is making you inclined to think these thoughts. So let me take a step back and just tell you a little bit about 
my relationship with therapy, it's not something I've talked about on the podcast before, but I am a big proponent of therapy. I think that it's super helpful. And it was not really something that was on my radar until I started working at Google. And when I had my first job at Google, I was working in recruiting and more specifically on the channels team where we literally would just source engineering talent all day and like call them on the phone, harass them over email, like cold call them and try and get them to interview at Google, which a lot of people when they hear that, they're like, what? Like who wouldn't want to work at Google? But if it's a very specific type of engineer, you have to understand that these people have companies calling them day and night trying to poach them. And so if you're a good engineer, you've already got a high paying job at a company that you probably like, and you're not really looking to interview somewhere else. And so my job was just like to stalk people, find their contact info, find if I thought they would be a good fit to interview, get them to interview. And then the interview process is so tough that like 90% of them don't get hired. So like, I basically plucked this person from their like happy job forced, not forced, but like coerce them to interview. And then after they go through the whole process, they're told like, thanks, but no thanks. Anyways, I hated this job. I also was in a very competitive environment. It was super awkward because the entire team was made up of contractors. So these are people that are like placed there at Google, but they actually work for this agency. And so they're not really Google employees, and they're definitely treated like second-class citizens. And I was a full-time employee, and I had been placed on this team as part of this director's like new initiative where they're like, we're going to get people that don't have recruiting experience, and they're more like marketing and like jack-of-all-trade types, and we're going to put them in channels and have them just kind of like shake things up and offer new perspectives and ideas. It didn't work, and my entire team hated me because I was this like 20-something-year-old marketing gal that had the full-time gig at Google and everybody else was like older than me. They had years of recruiting experience under their belt and yet they are contractors. So they don't have benefits. They can't like do certain things at Google. They don't have access to certain things. So anyways, I'm sitting at this job questioning all my decisions, absolutely hating it. And I just kind of started like going through all of Google's different resources because I was like, I need, I need some distractions during my day. Like I need to take advantage of all these different offerings and resources that Google has. And one of them was a class. It was like a three-day workshop, which I was like, great, get me away from my desk and I will do whatever workshop just to like get out of this environment. So it was a three-day workshop called Search Inside Yourself. And it was my introduction to meditation. I had never meditated before. Journaling, self-reflection, just a lot of exercises that I had never really been open to before. So that was kind of like my gateway. And then after that, a friend of mine who was in a similar role at Google, who was also part of this like project where we didn't have recruiting experience, but we got placed on these recruiting teams. By the way, everybody was miserable. Like all of the people, like it was this weird bait and switch. All of us that got hired for this were told we were going to be working on like interesting projects and, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, we were just like monkeys at a computer, just like calling people all day long with like no real thought or strategy. So all of us were miserable. 
And one of the guys was like, oh, you should take advantage of the free therapy. Like Google provides free therapists. And I love my therapist. She's really been helping me like disentangle my relationship and self-worth between myself and what I do for a living, which I was like, that's a really interesting way to look at it because yeah, I was starting to get really down. Like I hated my job. I thought it was so useless. I was miserable. My coworkers hated me. So I was like, okay, like I'll try it. It's a free resource that Google provides. I had never done therapy before. I will say that my first experience with therapy was not great. I didn't love my therapist. Okay, you know I am all about time-saving hacks, and I have to tell you guys about my latest discovery, Sunbasket Meal Delivery Service. I've been using them for months now, and they are hands down the best meal delivery I have ever tried, and I have tried a lot. (laughs) Their meals are ready to go. You can just microwave them or pop them in the oven. I don't know about you, but if I'm paying for a meal delivery, I'm not trying to get a kit that also requires me to spend time having to cook the meal and chop stuff like some other services. No, thank you. So it's delivered weekly. If you want, you can always skip. It's ready to go. All of their ingredients are organic. And seriously, the meals have been so delicious. I just had this insane chili verde enchilada pie with braised pork last night. Oh my God, I'm drooling just thinking about it. And each week you get to pick your menu and I order six. So that's meals for both me and Omid three nights out of the week. And I usually opt for meals that are under six calories. And like I said, everything has been so good. And there's a new menu to choose from every week. We haven't had a repeat menu item yet. And I have a great discount link for you to give them a try. You'll get $90 off your first few deliveries, bringing each meal to six bucks a meal. This is a no-brainer, you guys. So just go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket and use my referral link there. I mean, you're gonna pay that much at least for groceries, but with Sunbasket, you don't even have to cook, so you might as well be efficient about it. Make weeknight dinners a delicious breeze with Sunbasket. Go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket to get $90 off. We spent the first few sessions talking about expectations versus reality in coming into this new role and kind of like being very achievement focused. And I wasn't really feeling like I was achieving much in this new role. And then after that, she kind of started asking me about my relationship with Omid. And even though I hadn't like broached that or that wasn't something that I like wanted to talk about because Omid and I have a really, frankly, easy and healthy relationship, and it wasn't really something that I felt like needed to be dissected. And she was just like, how's your sex life? (laughs) I'm like, what? Like, I don't want to talk to you about this. I came here because I'm, like, depressed about my job. Anyways, so I stopped seeing her, took a break for probably a few years, actually, because shortly after I moved to a different role at Google, After I paid my dues and stayed in that recruiting role for a year, I moved to a team that did events and loved it. It was like such a fun role, fun team, supportive team, not like competitive. It was just like a really good home for me at Google until I, you know, eventually years later decided that it was time to take the leap and do what the fab full time. But in the meantime, really was enjoying that role doing branding and events. And then once I kind of started realizing, my time at Google is like needs to come to an end. 
I knew I probably wanted to give myself like about a year and kind of see how things were going with what the fab is my side hustle and then likely leave Google. And so then I kind of got motivated again to take advantage of all of the free resources at Google because I was like, I'm not going to have this anymore. And so one of them was therapy again. And I found a new therapist who I really, really liked. I actually miss her a lot. I don't have access to her anymore because she was through Google, but she really helped me with thinking through my decision to leave Google, my worries around what other people would think. I remember talking with her about like, I don't have this like grand vision for my purpose and what the fab's purpose and like how I'm providing value and like, how is it helping others? And she was like, why do you have to be saving babies? Why can't you do it? Because you love it and you enjoy it and other people get enjoyment or resources from your blog and you make money from it and it gives you freedom. And like, that can be enough. That can be wonderful. You don't have to be like saving the world. And I was like, oh, you hear from so many like gurus and entrepreneurs that like your purpose has to be what drives you and like your mission. And yeah, I agree with that. But like, it's powerful enough for your purpose to be, I want a life of of freedom. I want a life that I love. I want a business that I have total flexibility in and that supports me and my lifestyle. Like, it can be selfish. It doesn't have to be like you're saving the world or like, I just feel like there's a lot of focus on that. And if that is part of your vision and your mission, that's incredible. That's just not mine. I want to have a business that does help and provide support to others. And I do get joy out of things like helping women make more money online. I also get joy out of helping women plan the most epic honeymoon in Italy because they found my travel guide. So it doesn't always have to be like this big thing or this like completely altruistic thing. And I think as women also, we can kind of get caught up in like, how are we serving others? It has to all be about like, how are we serving others? Yes, there has to be value for other people to value your business and and for you to exchange money. Like it, it would be unethical for me to take money from brands to do XYZ if I wasn't providing something valuable. So yes, value and service has to be there, but it doesn't have to be only thinking about that. You can also think about what you want and what you want your life and your business to look like. Anyways, going off on a tangent there, but... That was just something that was an important realization for me that she helped me come to. She also encouraged me to start journaling. And that's now a practice that I do every single day almost. And it really helped give me something to kind of anchor to and help guide and reflect as I was making this transition. And then all of a sudden, not at Google anymore. And I had complete and total freedom and flexibility, which is you know, really different than showing up to a nine to five. After that, I didn't have access to my therapist anymore. And eventually, I think after the pandemic, yeah, it was definitely after the pandemic, I found a new therapist through Kaiser, which took a very long time. I think they're like a bit overwhelmed, especially from the pandemic and people being like, oh, I am at home and I'm not happy and I need to talk to somebody. So I had a therapist for a while through Kaiser, and I just feel like therapy is really helpful and healthy, whether or not you have 
something in mind you want to talk about, something traumatic that happened. Like you don't have to have had something horrible have happened to you. You don't have to be depressed in order for therapy to be beneficial for you. I think that therapy is just a really great tool for self-reflection, for chatting through, you know, different thought patterns, situations, relationships. And so anyways, I was like, okay, I kind of miss having a therapist and and having that kind of, you know, monthly check-in and self-reflection. So found a therapist through Kaiser and we worked together for like about a year and then my therapist broke up with me. (laughs) It sounds dramatic, but she did. She basically was like, told me she was moving to a different role and that she would no longer be providing therapy for anyone and that she could transfer me to a new therapist But she recommended that I just quit therapy altogether, which I was kind of surprised by. But she was like, I just feel like we've worked through some of the main topics that you brought to our sessions early on. And there actually aren't any studies that indicate that like continued therapy on an ongoing basis is helpful, which I thought that was interesting because I'm like, I think it's helpful. Like I said, I think it's a really helpful tool for self-reflection whether or not you have something like dramatic going on in your life. So she suggested that I just end my therapy with Kaiser and see how I feel. And she was like, you can always come back to it and have a new therapist if you want. And I was like, okay, fine. Because honestly, like starting up with a new therapist is a pain in the ass because you have to tell them your whole life story all over again and like your relationships and like It's just like you don't have that foundation. You have to start over. So I was like, fine. So I haven't had a therapist in over a year. And that brings me to Bloom. So I got hit with an Instagram ad for Bloom. And like I mentioned, it's this kind of like guided, self-paced, cognitive behavioral therapy. And this is embarrassing, but I actually signed up for it like a year ago. (laughs) And I haven't started using it until recently. So I've been paying the monthly $4.99 or whatever it is, and it's just been sitting on my phone. And I finally was like, I need to start doing this. And I'm so glad that I did because there are some really helpful, just different like packs in there and kind of like classes. I'm using air quotes because it's very short. It doesn't let you binge it. So you can only really do like one or two videos a day. And I do it in the mornings. And they're very, very short. Like they're no more than five minutes. Some of them are like a minute, two minute long videos. So what I wanted to share about in today's episode around worry and anxiety, because that when I saw one labeled worry, I was like, oh, yep, that's me. Let's start with that. And it's already been so helpful. So here are some things. Again, I'm not an expert. This is just what I have learned from the app that I was like, oh, this is interesting. You guys, I just discovered Newly and had to tell you about it. It's a fashion rental subscription service. So it's basically like Netflix for clothes. I also have a $10 off discount for you. So I'll let you know how to get that in just a sec. So here's how it works. You pick out six pieces of clothing that get shipped right to your home. You wear them for as long as you want. And then when you're done, you send them back in the same packaging it arrived in. There's a return label in there and everything. Super easy. And they have such cute pieces from brands like 
Anthropology, Ralph Lauren, Badgley Mishka, Free People, just to name a few. And if you fall in love with a piece and you decide you want to keep it, you can buy it at a super discounted rate. Like I'm seeing anywhere from 15 to 70% off the retail price for the pieces that I have at home right now. You also don't have to worry about washing anything or even if you accidentally damage it, you know, you spill some coffee or pop a sequin or two off, Newly will take care of it and you won't be charged. Personally, I am feeling a little bit uninspired with my closet and my clothes right now after the pandemic. So Newly has just been a great, affordable, sustainable option for me to have a bunch of new outfits every month and just get excited about dressing up again. You can pause or cancel Newly at any time. And I also have a referral link for you to get $10 off your first month. Just go to whatthefab.com slash newly and newly is spelled N as in Nancy, U-U-L-Y. Enjoy and let's get back to the episode. So one of the things they mentioned at the beginning of this pack was kind of the why behind why your brain worries so much. And I always find the why behind why your brain is behaving a certain way or thinking certain things very helpful because it's just kind of a reminder of like, we kind of have these like caveman brains or lizard brains that like fight or flight responses. Like there are just certain things that are very ingrained in us. And sometimes that doesn't serve us in the society that, you know, and culture that we find ourselves in now. And so understanding the why turns the light bulb on for me. I'm like, oh, that's why that happens. So the first thing they mentioned was that because you worry so much and spend so much time worrying, and then those things that you were worrying about don't usually happen, your brain associates worry with keeping you safe and preventing those bad things from happening. So your brain's like, great, I worried a bunch and that thing didn't happen. So that's good on me, kept her safe, and I'm going to keep worrying. So I thought that was really interesting. And I was like, oh, that's why I worry so damn much makes sense. So the first assignment, and you can do this too, it was just to notice when you're worrying. So for over the first day or two, just notice like, oh, that's worry. Oh, I'm worrying. Oh, that's my brain doing the worrying. Just to notice it. And that sounds easy. It's not. (laughs) Because worry is such a natural and ingrained part of how our brains work that noticing it actually takes some effort. And the key with noticing is that you are becoming aware. And so you'll start to become aware of how often you're worrying, and it'll probably be pretty enlightening. So I definitely recommend trying that out over the next couple of days and just trying to notice. And then let's see, what else do I have in my notes here? Oh, this was good. So they said that the thing about worry is that it's always about something in the past or the future. For me, it's usually the future. I'm like worried about something in the future. So they said that the most effective way to stop that thought pattern is to come back to the present. And I know that we're all familiar with like how important it is to be present, you know, to be in the present moment, but it is so hard like to not be thinking about the past or the future when you're in that present moment. Definitely easier said than done. So they share an exercise, a grounding exercise, now that you, after you practice for a few days and you're starting to get better at noticing when you're worried, worrying, you can use this grounding exercise. 
and it's called the five senses. And so there are a couple different ways to do this. And they walk you through it in the app in a very like lovely, relaxing way. I'm not going to do that because I just like, (laughs) that's not my style. But you can use the app yourself and like do the actual practice with them over like five minutes. But basically what you do is you sit and use your five senses. So you take a few calming breaths and then you just notice all the things you can see. What do you see? And so you're just kind of like looking, noticing, naming what you see. Then you move on to your next sense, which is what you hear. So noticing everything that you're hearing. The next one would be smell, noticing what you're smelling. The fourth one is taste, noticing what you taste, like running your tongue all around your mouth. Is it bitter? Is it sweet? You know, what do you taste? And then the last one is touch. So like the chair you're sitting on, your own body, like your shoulder, your hair, your pants, your feet on the floor. And it only takes a few minutes. And this grounding exercise really does bring you back to the present moment. I definitely noticed because afterwards it asks you to like kind of self-reflect on like, how did that feel for you? What stood out? I was sitting in my backyard when I first did this and I noticed so many sounds that it was actually overwhelming. Like before when I was sitting out there not really paying attention, you know, it was whatever. But when I was sitting there listening, I was like, oh my God, it is loud as fuck out here. (laughs) Like there's so much going on. There's like cars, there's an airplane, there's birds, there's like the wind in the trees. Like there's so much going on. So that was interesting. I smelled something really sweet, like somebody baking cookies or something. I did not smell that, you know, just a couple minutes before when I was doing my thing. And I just felt very like appreciative of my surroundings, I noticed. So they recommend doing this at least a few times a week. And I think it's great. (laughs) I honestly, I'm like, it sounds so easy, just like the noticing and then the grounding. But I feel like it's been a very, very helpful tool for me. There is a part two of this that I haven't had a ton of success with yet, but I am going to try it. And if you try it, definitely let me know, you know, how it goes for you. They also recommended doing this thing called a worry station. So again, because your brain thinks that worrying is helpful, it can be hard to just like brush off those thoughts. And a worry station is this idea of giving yourself dedicated time, whatever works for you. They recommend in the evening, but it could be whatever works for you, like 15 to 20 minutes where you just let yourself worry. And the rest of the day, you notice your worry. Maybe you do your grounding exercise. Maybe you don't. You come back to the present and you tell yourself, I will come back to that thought at my worry station later this evening. So I thought it was interesting. I haven't really implemented this yet, but like I said, I'm going to give it a try and we'll see how it goes. But I definitely have been enjoying the just ability to notice and then ground myself and bring myself back to the present moment. And having that as a tool is just so much more helpful for me than trying to tell myself not to worry. Don't think those thoughts. Don't think about that. Don't worry about that. That's not helpful because then I just start worrying again. So I hope that this was helpful for you as well. Like, give it a try. Let me know what you think. Definitely let me know if you do the worry station thing, because that one I'm like, "Mm, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that one. But 
it's worth a try, I think. And like I said, the grounding techniques have been super helpful for me. And I hope that they're helpful for you as well. Thank you so much for listening to the What the Fab podcast. And I'll catch you next week. 